0: Hey, it's Andrew. Today on the podcast, we have a special episode of The Flip Side in which we will explore the underbelly of Crestview by listening to a conversation, a dialogue between Luke and Josh Firthmeyer. They're going to be talking about foster care in our local community, some of the hardships, some of the ways we can partner with foster families, and then also some of the agencies and trainings that are available to us as a church as we seek to love the widows and orphans of our community. So we hope you enjoy the conversation. I like to start off with a little bit of riffing on something. And so I want to know what is everybody's favorite kids game? Since we're talking about kids and we're talking about caring well for foster care families, what is everybody's favorite kids
1: game? Uh what are the parameters? Board game, outside? Board game, yeah. Ooh. Mm. Um, I think can- I mean my girls love Candyland and that kind of thing, you know. I hate Candyland. That's so, like,
0: that's going to be the worst game.
1: It is, but I mean, uh for the sake of the kids, you know, it's See, oh, or I, oh. uh break the ice. Have you played that one where you um yeah. like put the blocks in? Mm-hmm. They love that one too. Yeah. Uh, it turns into uh, a beat down Yeah. <laughs> See, no hammers. I
0: I only play games with the kids mm. that I will enjoy. Yeah. So I'm sorry if you want to play with dad, we're not playing Candy Lane, we're not playing Sorry. We're going to play fun games. That so. that's why we play Royal rumble with pillows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not a board game though. I know. <laughs> no, I, I like, I personally like categories. Oh, I'm, I'm too simple for that. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I, I can get pretty competitive. That's cool. You I better be right on that category. Yeah. <laughs> but no. So seriously, we are talking about um, how to care well for foster care family. So all this is, uh, maybe some new stuff that is going on at Crestview. Uh we recently had um an Orphan Care Sunday brought to you by Brian Teeson, and bringing us just a, a really good charge of uh gospel centered ministry around this and how uh, it's a reflection of our own adoption by God and how it reflects um in that fam in the family and um so just a charge like hey we as a church we want to rally alongside and like um, obey james 1 27 of uh, caring well for widows exactly. and orphans and so um we and then we look at the the landscape of our church and there's i mean at least seven families in the church that have a history or are currently involved with foster care or adoption and so um what does that look like for us as a church to come alongside or do we even need to come alongside that's maybe that's a that's a great question to start out with is do we need to come alongside those uh, families who uh, have invested and have sacrificed for um, to bring in a uh, vulnerable children? Do we need like, what What would you say is the need to care for families, Josh?
1: Yeah. So I think um, part of it is um, what stage are they in? Um, you know, I think of us in our fa- family, excuse me, <clears throat> but you know, Amaya, she's going to be, uh, well, she just turned eight. So, you know, we adopted her and we had her from basically when she was born. So um, early on, yeah, we definitely needed some help and support. But now she's—it's just like a normal, normal kid, normal kid in the family, and she's our our girl and our our child. And so we don't really need any help um, as far as outside support um, in dealing with the adoption side of things. Well, I guess, I guess. the question
0: is—is is, you know.
1: As Brian talked
0: about, and there's other ministries that talk about the importance of hey, churches and other families rally behind um, those in foster and adoption. So, some of you might be thinking, hey, look, I got kids too. Like, what's so special? Like, okay, they've got a few kids. I've got a few kids. Why, why don't I get a whole band? I don't want to get a whole church rallying behind me and caring for me. Why, right. why specifically? caring for those who have invested in foster and adoption, is there something unique that is about that as opposed to my own experience with birth families?
1: You know, I am, I am selfish in saying we don't, we don't need anything, but, but there, you are absolutely right. And like, there is a uniqueness. I mean, families, um, even where we're at in our stage, like they've um, seen the call. They've seen um, the desperate plea um, from the outside of children needing a home who are, who, you know, are abandoned, um, left uh, hopeless um, and really to the mercies of, of the world or the foster care system. And um, like there's no one to pick them up. And um, when families step into foster care or adopt, um, that's something really special. And obviously not everybody can do that. Not everyone's um, called to do that. But uh, for the families that do, it it puts a unique burden on them um, of not knowing what, what to get into, um, how to deal with certain things. So one of our needs, I would say probably from even now until, um, my, till my, probably an adult in her twenties, but like she'll, she'll tell you today still, she'll say, well, I'm adopted. I have another mom and dad, mm-hmm. uh, another, you know, my dad's in prison. Um, and so like, how do you navigate those questions? Um, those can become deep waters um, mm-hmm. both on her end and then just for foster parent or not foster parents, but adoptive parents even um, you know, if uh, what do we do <laughs> like, we don't feel loved by our child, you know? So those are very unique situations. Um, I think of the t like like, um, you know uh, I hate to bring this into the picture, but they adopted African-American children and they're white Caucasian. So, like those are going to be questions, um, that are always going to be asked always on the minds of the parents, um, and the children. Um, even when you come up with a, a sense of, okay, I have this type of answer to tell people when they ask this question, you're just going to get asked it in so many different ways. You can never always be a hundred percent ready, um, and dealing with those situations. Um, so it is important to have support, um, even in the later stages uh, with adoption and yeah. foster care. Yeah. At the beginning
0: stages of foster care, when they, when a f- child first comes into the home, um, what are some of those immediate needs that are
1: there? You know, I think we always run to the physical needs, um, which are good clothing, uh, food, depending on, you know, um, the age of the child. Wait, you know, uh, the kid need... doesn't have clothes. Like, the, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. Right, yeah, so um, no, kids, when they come in, I mean, generally speaking, um, they uh, are being pulled out of their home, and they're coming in from the foster care side uh, with the clothes on their back, so uh, rarely do they come with a suitcase, Um, they might come with a trash bag with Mm -hmm. a few clothes that they, you know, pulled out of their dresser drawer, and you know, those kids, you know, a, a lot of times these kids, they're coming, these clothes are... That, you know, you're going to have to wash them. You're going to have to treat them. Sometimes they, honestly, they probably need to just be thrown away. Um, so there's a lot of surprises that come mm-hmm. uh, into picture. Yeah, I think many people, system. many people probably wouldn't even realize
0: that they, you would need like a foster family would need clothes right at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. And so it's what like. Other, what are the things like that, that it would just be, that what you think would surprise uh, someone who's never done, who's never invested oh, in foster man. Care I mean,
1: clothes, cro- clothes across the board, um, shoes, you know, um, hygiene products, like, um, and especially with foster care, if you're thinking of kids who are coming out of a home, like they're scared, they're afraid, um, you don't know what to expect a lot of times. And so it could be, man, they might need you to run and just get a special blanket from Walmart that's cozy enough that the helps the kid fall asleep. Um, you know, I, I remember we had one uh, child who was about three years old and he would scream and cry to go to sleep at night. And the only way to get him to go to sleep was with the TV on. And usually he had certain shows that he enjoyed watching as much as I hate SpongeBob, you uh-huh. know, like, but that was okay because that's what soothed him mm-hmm. to help him feel comfortable and loved um, in the moment to to care for him. And so, you know, if you don't have that, um, that's a need, right? Um, And people would never expect, you want me to go buy a SpongeBob DVD? Like, what are you talking about? Um, And people wouldn't see that as a necessity. But (laughs) if you have a three-year-old screaming for, you know, three, four hours just because they're scared, um, it's definitely a necessity uh, and a need. So Yeah, because you want to put yourself in the position where imagine if
0: your child was suddenly taken from your home and put into a
1: complete stranger's house, how would your child react? Right. 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 And not only that, I think it's, um, you know, we think of that on a, um, a calm level. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's happening in the midst of chaos, right? Like Literally, probably they're clinging to their grandma or their mom or their dad. Um, and usually, you know, it's just a, a really tough home situation for whatever the reason is. Um, it could just be, you know, a hoarding situation or just a, a bug infestation or something. And, you know, they don't want to go. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're yanked. Y- you have to take them. You know, there's, the you know, the police officer has to, to take them away. Which, man, that's got to be hard, too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so they're coming in not just like, oh, it's just a stranger. But, like, who is this frightening, scary-looking man with a beard and long hair and uh, thinks it's... Trying to say I look scary? Yeah, (laughs) sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so um, maybe people are getting a sense to say, okay, um, yeah, there is a need um, to help out and to rally behind uh, a foster family. So in your experience, I mean, you've, you've done it. I mean, we didn't get time to really share your story, um, but I know you've had dozens of uh, foster children in and out of your home um, in, in the last several years. In your experience, what are some things that are, are helpful uh, from a church family that you need? And what are some things, uh, maybe you share a story or two, of things that were not helpful, uh, things that people in, in good conscience are saying, hey, we want to do this, and it just it, it kind of fell flat on its face.
1: Wow, uh, I do wish my wife was here. She'd probably have a lot better answers to that question um but I think one things um as far as being helpful um not necessarily even with the kids, but just support for the parents, like coming alongside um hey, I know um the kids are at school today and you're free. Could we just grab coffee and and talk mm-hmm. I think um that type of support relations relational support. Um, is huge and that's really missing, um, in the lives of foster parents. Cause you feel isolated, you feel like you can't go anywhere, do anything, um, because your world's been turned upside down, um, which is okay. Uh, but you just don't realize how much yeah. all, all for the sake of desiring to care and love for kids. And, uh, so that is huge. Um, I think people willing to say, um, Hey, let me come over. I don't care what your house looks like. I don't care um, about the chaos or the mess. Um, Just can we come over and and love on you and just uh, spend time together? I think that's probably the number one thing um, that people could do um, outside from the physical needs, Um, things not to do. I think, um, wow, there's a lot of them, (laughs) but um, on the flip side of that, the the things not to do would be um assuming that they don't need anything um assuming that uh foster parents or adoptive parents um aren't wanting to attend activities um or aren't um wanting to be involved in a social life or the the, the life of the church it's just how to plug in I, and I think you know, normal families could relate to that even. Um, I know you and I have talked about that, the stressors of like, uh, how do we organize this with our kids mm-hmm. and it's going to be crazy. And, well, you had foster kids when um, you don't have the relationship, it's going to be even more intense. So, um, you know, how can you support them to come and enjoy those activities together as a family and love on them? So so the biggest thing is, is um, not assuming that they they don't want relationship mm-hmm. um and the best thing is to realize this is what they need yeah e- even if they say no no thank you like still push yeah right <laughs> to an extent right yeah. um to love on them as much as possible yeah. in that aspect yeah i mean you you mentioned that
0: there are these with foster families you have difficulties with the with these children coming in and um with the unique thing about Children in foster care is that many of them have gone through trauma and that that T word gets thrown around a lot um, especially in regards to orphan care and vulnerable children is this idea of man they just come with a lot of trauma they come with a lot of trauma um, why why is that such an important concept to understand and especially as uh, you got to think also in terms of the context of Crestview if we have seven families who are invested in foster and adoptive um that that sphere that means that they are bringing their children into our children's ministry activities right Um, and so if we're saying that many of them come from that trauma background that means they're going to be in in the life of our local church right and they're going to be involved in our activities so what does that mean to be uh informed with um, trauma-informed care. And what does that mean to kind of keeping that in mind as we care for the families and care for the children?
1: Well, well, that's a, a big topic. Um, but for starters, I want to say, um, when you hear the word trauma, um, that can be a huge fear factor. Um, and I would say, uh, you need to forget that. Um, what's traumatic for one person is not necessarily going to be uh, traumatic for another. Um, like... Um, I'm not scared of snakes. I know that some people are, and that could be very traumatic. Right. Um, and so with kids, um, the, the traumatic aspect of it is, is really focusing on, uh, having patience and a listening ear, mm-hmm. um, not overreacting. Um, cause you might not know the trauma, right. And, and you, you probably won't ever know everything. You might know a snippet. Um, but how how to respond is what's what's most most important. So when we're talking about trauma care and um, the need to to know how to to deal with things, um, I think is very vital. Um, I know we have a lot of training. We have um uh, what what's the conference we have coming up? Uh, the show
0: hope for the journey. Uh, sorry, show hope hope for the journey, and it's uh yeah trauma
1: informed. Yeah. Um what do they call it TBRI, TBRI trust based yeah. relational relationship intervention? Um and dealing with trauma. And really how do how do you relate, relate to kids when, you know, um they get scared and they go hide in a closet or um run and hide under a chair? You know, we've had that happen here at church, even even mm-hmm. within the youth group. Mm-hmm. Uh with the last conference we had. And so how do you, you know, um interact with them um without uh overreacting? and the steps that need need to happen. Uh, so everyone feels safe, especially the child, like, and you know, you're not getting frustrated that ah, I'm ripping this chair out of here, get out, you know, kind of thing. You're not listening to me. Um, you know, which that I don't think that'll ever happen here, but, um, you know, you might think it, but, uh, you know, so there's a proper way. Um, Mm -hmm. loving kindness is, um, a big part of that in the relationship aspect. Yeah.
0: Um, um and one one last question, uh, for those, we're we're all we're assuming here that there are people in the church who want to come alongside and care, but there might be those that say, I'm actually might be interested in bringing in, um, those vulnerable children. What what would be a word that you would say to those who are maybe considering entering into um, bringing in foster children into their home?
1: I Well, I'd say go for it. (laughs) You know, uh, I'll be your number one fan, uh, your roadie or whatever, um, you know. Um, But I I think uh, for those who are like ready and like, man, I think I need to explore this. Um, First of all, there's plenty in the church that you've seen have had success in growing Mm -hmm. their family through adoption Mm -hmm. and foster care. Um, I know for... Uh, at least three families, we did that through foster care, um, which is seen as being very difficult and hard. Um, but it can be done and it's, it's awesome because you get to interact with so many people in the community and, and even sometimes their families, Mm -hmm. um, the parents that, um, you know, are giving up their children to you. Um, so it's really a beautiful thing, um, to consider, uh, how God, God's working in that and how, how the gospels at play and, um, man, you allow God to take you on a journey, um, that's so special that, um, you know, not everyone gets to go on and man, it's, it's a marvelous thing. Um, and I would also say just, you know, if, if you're there, like uh, even just exploring, like there's so many of us in the church that are, um, on board with helping you and to grow the ministry and see the ministry happen and just see God work in your life um, for the sake of Jesus Christ being proclaimed to a child's life mm-hmm. is is just awesome. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid, come talk to us yeah. and we would love to uh, help you on that journey.
0: And and once you kind of start on, you said kind of just jump in, I, I believe the the maps class, right? Which is kind of the, the deciding class so it, it's it's a no non-commitment no obligation you don't like it's not like hey once you sign up for the class to to get licensed like even the first 10 classes are non-committal you can drop at any point you can say oh at the end of the class you'll be like okay that's not for me
1: but at least you can kind of take that step are we faith. promoting foster care no <laughs> just kidding. you're absolutely right luke Um, like yeah. And so I, I know I said, no, we're just, just jump in headfirst. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the reality of it is, and you, it's a step-by-step process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, unless you want it to, let me know. I could make that happen. <laughs> but the reality is, yeah, there's time. There's a time to process it and ask a lot of questions and um, deal with a lot of issues. I mean, even yourself, like, I mean, you're still not, are, are you fully licensed yet? I don't think. Not, not yet. And you, it's been how long? uh we started in may well we first reached out like in april of last March, 23 right so like yeah almost a year and so uh, you know and that was kind of on your timetable for Mm -hmm. how you guys were ready to to step into it so yeah you can move at your own pace and uh you know um we want to see it be successful uh for the child and for you um you know we don't want people to get in over their head where they're like i'm done (laughs) you know um and so we're here for you. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. And that's exactly right. We are, we are here for you.
0: Uh, and we're here for those who uh, aren't ready yet to open up their home, but they want to be able to care uh, for these foster families. So we've, we had care portal come um, just this last week and, and share with us about uh, what they do to, to help and support these families and how the church can come alongside and partner with care portal. We do have, uh, if you wanting to know more, like, man, what is life like? As a foster parent, what is life like as a child that's in foster care? And what is it like as a a birth parent? And just to kind of know the whole system and to to be able to develop compassion and empathy um, to kind of like, if you're not in the world, you don't understand all that. And so we are hosting at Crestview a life in limbo simulation to kind of, uh, it's an interaction, interactive workshop uh, to be able to understand and get that. And it's February 18th, six o'clock. Uh, right here at the church building and so invite all of you uh to come sign up for that get registered and uh come in and kind of just again non-committal hey let me just come and see what this is like and maybe God's going to stir something in your heart to say I'm going to I'm going to invest in these relationships
1: and and I want to just emphasize like um like this this is a pretty awesome thing uh this is the first time I've heard of it I think it's kind of new um but uh if you have any questions, any interest, an inkling of an idea of oh, maybe this is for me, um, or maybe more of God's pushing you in this direction, um, come. And uh, like Luke said, it's a non-committal thing. And uh, I think your eyes will be open to a lot. Because um, this is a tremendous way to learn uh, safely um, in, in a setting that um, is fun and friendly, (laughs) Uh, but yet hard and difficult at the same time. So,
0: well, I I hope you all enjoyed um, this episode of the flip side and kind of seeing a little bit of, as Andrew said, the underbelly of uh, what life is like for some of these families in our, in our church. So hope you enjoyed the conversation.